0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our Passing Shot Next Next Gen special. That's right. You heard me correctly. This week, we are going to be talking about who we think are the biggest teen prospects in men's and women's tennis. But before we get into all of that, we're going to do a little mini catch up on the week, the week that was in the tennis world, Kim, because we've had. The Fed Cup final take place between Australia and France.
1: We have indeed, yeah, and um, I think in our last week's pod we said it would come down to a decisive doubles rubber, and that indeed is what happened. Um, but well, perhaps we predicted Australia to edge it, but actually it was France that took the Fed Cup with, um, well, in particular, Kiki Maladenovic was probably the star of the show. Uh, undefeated all weekend and a very impressive victory over Ash Barty which I guess you know also proved fairly decisive
0: over the course of the weekend yeah that was I think that obviously tipped it into France's favor and it, it caught me off guard because Barty I think she dished out a double bagel in her you know in her first singles tie and you just thought you know oh Barty's just going to have, you know, two points, you know, piece of cake in the singles. But it didn't, you know, that didn't prove to be the case. And and uh has really brought her A game. And, you know, we, earlier in the season, you know, her coach, Sasha Bajin, um, almost kind of, kind of have, or they parted ways. And I think kind of Mad this is a great response from Madenovic being like, oh, well, you've kind of, you know, sacked me off. But actually, look, I'm I'm playing some of, I'm playing some really great tennis.
1: Yeah, just beating the world number one, you know, who'd just come off a win at the uh, WTA finals. Casually, you know, 7-1 in that last set tie break it was. So, you know, at the end, she, you know, Barty didn't really have an answer to her. So great wins for, yeah, Kiki Mladenovic. I think the first uh, day's matches were very strange. Bagel and a breadstick. So Caroline Garcia, that was the worst defeat of her entire career, I think. Oh, six she love, was not at the love. races. No, not at all. Um, And then Tom Lanovich, you know, got hammered by um, Mladenovic. So not a great start for Tom Lanovich, who was, you know, playing for Australia for the first time since kind of being allowed to play for her country. So um, she actually turned it around. She won her next singles match against Parmentier. So I guess it was kind of nice for subnanovic to kind of prove her worth uh in the team and then yeah in the doubles barty and Stoza, who you know a very good doubles pairing they've both won doubles slams you know they they didn't have an answer for Mladenovic and garcia who you know were a really good doubles pairing a couple of years ago and then they kind of had a falling out and then you know they've kind of teamed up for fed cup this year again so and they put their differences aside and and brought the title home. Um, but Ash Barty did look pretty gutted there at the end. I think it would have been a really nice way. Yeah, I think way. there were tears.
0: There were yeah. tears,
1: weren't there? I mean, a home really tie as well. And it's been a such a long time since Australia have won the Fed Cup. So, you know, but I mean, they've, they've they've got a good team. So they might, you know, bring it home next year, year after.
0: I think it's just, I think it's probably especially disappointing because I think the format is changing next year. So they're not going to have, these sorts of opportunities. I I think the home away format is changing. So, you know, maybe she felt that kind of, you know, this was a, you know, this is a kind of a once in a, you know, once in a career sort of moment where she could have delivered the, you know, the Fed Fed Cup title on home soil. But alas, it was not to be. Um, so yes, so that was the, the Fed cup final. And we also had, uh, the next gen finals. And this actually brings us on to kind of the main part of this podcast, uh, where we're going to do, be doing a little bit of a, a next gen special and looking at kind of recapping what has gone on in the next gen finals this week. But then kind of looking beyond that, Kim, we've, we've coined our own term, haven't we on the passing shot, the next, next gen
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) it's something that sprang to my mind a few months ago, maybe. I think it was when Yannick Sinner was kind of starting to be talked about in tennis circles. And I was like, oh, he's not quite next gen. He's like next, next gen. But of course, having just won the next gen finals, I guess really he is now next gen. (laughs) Um, So it's all a bit confusing. But yeah, let's start at the next gen finals, which took place in Milan and have been won by... Yannick Sinner, who is Italian, so he won in front of his home crowd, but he was actually a wild card for this tournament. So um, I think he was very close to actually qualifying off his own merit, but he just missed out. So he got the kind of honorary wild card and I guess totally justified it by going ahead and beating uh, Alex de Menor in the final. Um, Alex de Menor was kind of like the resounding favourite. You know, he was a finalist in this event last year. He's won, what, three ATP titles this season, had just made the final in Baal. So it
0: was in really good form. Especially with Shapovalov as well, uh, pulling out of yes. the, the competition, who was in some, you know, he was in pretty good form himself. But mm. uh, yeah, it just felt that like Dimonor was the favourite and he was almost, he almost pretty much warped it to the to the final, um, like, you know, like he did last year. but. So he's come up short uh you know for the the second time in both his two defeats in the next gen finals is have both been in in the final which must be pretty gutting for him i'd, I'd say
1: i guess so i mean yeah it's, it's' he's missing out on the prestige of of the title and and the paycheck but you know i'm sure he'd rather be up there. On the main ATP tour, which which he is, so I think he won't be too heartbroken. Um, it still makes me very like baffled when I look at the scores because they were playing. You know, it's like this best of best first of
0: four format,
1: first to four format. So when you're looking at the score, you're like four two four one four two. What on earth is that? Um, but yeah, so that that was the score in the final. Um, Yannick Sinner. Well, I mean. <laughs> He's got some. He's got some precedent to to kind of fulfil in Australia because the last two champions of this event, uh, which was Young Chung in 2017 and Sitspas last year, they both reached the AO semifinals the next year. So, are we going to be predicting Sinner to make that a hat trick? Perhaps.
0: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe if we do a collector set for the Australian Open, maybe we, yeah. should, we should have him as a little pick because, mm. um, yeah, I think there's going to be there's definitely going to be more eyeballs on him. You know, come the you know come the Grand Slams, particularly now that uh you know he's going to be, you know he's going to be in the you know he's going to be in the main draw. So there, yeah, there's going to be more. I think there's going to be more, certainly more um spectators kind of clamoring to see you know what all the kind of the fuss is about. And yeah, this almost kind of brings us on to our kind of next next gen sort of players. So these are people we think are almost kind of are the hottest teen prospects in the men's and women's game um our kind of one criteria is these are kind of players born and i kim i say this i feel like this makes me sound really old but
1: these <laughs> these are, these oh, are no. players
0: born in the year 2000 or later so these are like bona fide bonafide millennium babies aren't they They didn't
1: even live through the millennium how mad is that they didn't they (laughs) didn't know like Robbie Williams is millennium they couldn't sing that at a new year's party going into the year 2000
0: of of Y2K as well but But yes Um, but let's let's kind of yeah let's kind of round up our first of all our kind of our men's picks for you know the next next gen and before we just get into that yes we are aware Felix Ogier, aliasim, is like uh, was born in like (laughs) yeah, and he was born in like the year two thousand or later. But we feel like he's already made it, so we're not actually going to be including him here. We're kind of looking at kind of the more kind of up and coming names who've had a few decent results, but you are not necessarily household names yet.
1: Yeah, so annoyingly, Sinner like is now next gen, but really, like we added him to this list. I don't know a while ago, and then he's kind of just risen since then. Um, he is, I the think, he can play. He's now ninety-five in the world. He's risen a lot this mm. year. Like he beat Monfils in Antwerp, didn't he? Um, but interestingly, actually, just a note on Sinner: he originally was a skiing champion in his youth, and he had to sort of switch to tennis. I think age thirteen. So quite interesting. He's from like the northern part of Italy, so I guess grew up in in that kind of area, the South Tyrol mountains. Um, and I think Djokovic was very skiing-oriented when he was younger, wasn't he? Do, do, his parents owned like a restaurant in the mountains. Mm-hmm. They ski a lot. So, um, you know, perhaps that also bodes well for Yannick Sinner. Not to mention his name. I mean, it's going to be quite... It's quite an interesting name, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously, natural transition from skier to, to tennis player. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think actually no, that is interesting, though, because Sinner has said that he thinks he has kind of excellent uh, positioning and balance on a tennis court. And he kind of accredits that to, you know, his days as a slalom skiing champion. And, um, you know, certainly his kind of maneuverability around the court is, you know, one of, you know, one of his best assets. And, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's just really fascinating because he is, he's kind of burst onto the scene kind of later, you know, in in this season. And it, it, it feels like he is the, he is going to be the real deal.
1: Yeah, he's also um, amongst a list of, I don't know, quite high calibre names, I suppose. He's the um, 11th player to have won a pair of challengers before his 18th birthday. Other players on that list include Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, Gasquet, Felix Oje Aliasim and Juan Martin Del Potro. So, yeah, like just based on kind of that form before he's even turned 18, now having won the next-gen finals... He's made the top hundred. I'm sure he's going to halve his ranking at least next season. Surely, Um, all the points he's going to gain. I mean, it's kind of maybe we should do a prediction of where you think he'll be ranked
0: this time (laughs) next year. (laughs) Well, he's. I think he can play. I think he can play the next gen finals like three three more years in a row. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of which is kind of crazy because you know when we talk about the ATP tour and you know players breaking through you know, to that level, you know, it, it normally doesn't happen for, you know, until kind of their, you know, mid-twenties that, you know, there's that kind of physical element to their game, you know, the, you know, handling the rigours of of that, you know, that level of competition that kind of, you know, it comes with experience and it comes with age. But, you know, Yannick Sinners and, you know, with other players like OJ Aliassim, you know, they've just kind of been able to kind of adopt to those rigours at, 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 at a much earlier age.
1: Yeah, and I think at this These players that we're talking about now, you know, they'll probably by the time they kind of really hit their peak, like Rafa, Roger, Novak, they might have kind of moved on, shall we say. So these guys aren't going to be hindered by this kind of dominant trio of players at the top. Um, you know, compared to say like the Dimitrovs of the world, um, you know, the Burditches that could have become multiple slam champions perhaps had it not been for, you know, the greatest trio in tennis. Um so yeah, it's just interesting, um, in terms of these guys now, have they are they coming through at just the right time in kind of the, the chronology of the game to really like make, take advantage of that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's kind of meant to be um, mm. but what, what other players would be on our, our next, next gen for the, for the men, Joe. <laughs>
0: well, we've got on our, for British fans, especially we have put down Jack Draper who we, you know, I think British fans certainly have been kind of aware of him for probably a little bit longer than someone like Yannick Singer, because he got to, the Wimbledon kind of junior boys final in 2018. Um, I think, you know, he lost that final, obviously, but I think, you know, the fact that he, he got there um, at such a young age, it almost put kind of the spotlight on him and it, it was able to kind of, you know, it, it woke us to kind of him as a, as a tennis player. And I've kind of been following him, you know, I think he's kind of lurking in kind of the challenger tour, you know, at at the moment. And um again i think he's a very very exciting prospect and i think what's kind of really interesting about him is that you know this year i think there was a kind of an opportunity he could have played wimbledon juniors but um you know he's effectively he he said no actually he thinks he's ready to kind of um develop and evolve beyond that level and he's kind of effectively chosen to kind of um you know not to play move any on. sort of jun- junior yeah. events and and move yeah. on to 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 the big boys.
1: Yeah, which perhaps is is kind of more sensible strategy because I do think some players linger on the junior circuit a bit longer than they should, and it's it's actually sort of hindering their progressions into. It. And if he feels like he's transitioned well into the seniors, then then he can just build on that there. I mean, he did pick up wins against Jack Sock and Donald Jung at a chally, uh this year, although I'm not sure how much that says because Jack Sock, I think, hasn't got a ranking at the moment. So um, <laughs> Jack Draper would have been the favourite to win that based on current form. Um, but is it correct that Jack Draper is the highest ranked 17-year-old in the ATP rankings?
0: Yes, so it's, that, it's something, something like that. Yeah, so, I mean that's yeah. that's that's
1: great, and yeah, he he lost the Wimbledon boys final in twenty eighteen. I think it was quite an epic match, um, and that's kind of when a lot of British fans might have sort of had him on their radar mm.
0: um, for the first time. I hope, and I th- I just hope that he can kind of get involved. I think in like the the Davis Cup set up like not necessarily as a you know as a a singles player but if he's able to kind of be around that team I think that will kind of help his you know help his development you know to be around players like you know Andy Murray and you know Carl Edmund and, and Dan Evans who, who you know have gone through kind of similar motions you know to get to kind of you know that 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 level and I think that would you know do him uh, you know a world a world of good but um you know I watched him you know I watched him in Queens qualifying um earlier this season I think he lost to Alex Bublik who again is another kind of hot you know hot hot prospect um and um yeah he's got you know he's a he's a big guy he's got a big serve um, and he's got what I, think, what I think was best. Actually, he's got a personality on the tennis court. You know, I think we saw that in kind of the that that junior final at Wimbledon. You know, he, he is one of those players who is, vote, you know, unlike kind of a Carl Edmund, I think he's a lot more kind of vocal and he likes to be a little bit more, you know, show his emotions um, mm. on the tennis court.
1: Yeah, which I guess will generate more interest, perhaps. Um, you know, people kind of get drawn to to people who kind of express themselves more on court. Yeah, I wonder if he might. I don't know whether yeah, it would be a good idea if he sort of went to Madrid next week as part of the I don't know, can you like intern at the Davis Cup and just like be a hitting partner <laughs> of the team or oh, something? I love that. I don't know. I mean like <laughs> He can be the water boy. Yeah. Water boy for the, the... <laughs> he can be the the selfie taker, the water boy, ball kid, whatever. <laughs>
0: oh the selfie taker. Great he can make shout. the coffee.
1: Um but yeah, we've put a few other names down on this list. Um I think they're both German actually. Um the first one is Rudolf Mollica who is, yeah, from Germany. Um, After Yannick Sinner, he is second highest ranked 18-year-old inside the top 200. Um, He trains out at the Moritoglu Academy in France. And I guess he made his breakthrough this season in the Hamburg tournament. He knocked out Leonardo Mayer in the... Well, I don't know what round it was in, but um, that was kind of his biggest win. Um, He won his first challenger last year. Um yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the stats that I mean, I've never heard of him, Joel, but you've you've extracted his name from what? somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ru- I think his he he his Instagram, he's at he actually goes under Rudy. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Rudolph, so, yeah. Um, sounds yeah. a bit um I I don't know. <laughs> I think I think what's amazing about these uh these next next gen players is like in well, according to their ATB bios, all of their kind of tennis idols are like still current players. Roger like Federer. <laughs> his, his tennis idol is Roger Federer, mm. and you know it, it's it's just crazy. I mean, it obviously shows you kind of Federer's kind of longevity, but also you know the you know the impact he has, and you know with these players coming up saying, "Oh, my idol is Roger Federer," "Oh, my idol is is Novak Djokovic," it just kind of shows you like their you know their lasting impact on the game has gone from you know, it's literally gone from one generation to the next.
1: Yeah, although they're all quite, I don't know, they're all saying that their idol is Roger Federer. I'm like, where's the Rafa Nadal in this? Where, where? <laughs> why are they not saying their idol is like Davidenko or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, we also have another German, Nicola Kuhn. Um, nickname is Nickman. Love that. But also I think he's actually
0: Span- he's Spanish oh, is he? he's oh, Spanish too. he? Oh, I just assumed yes, he was German. Spanish. Whoops. Um <laughs> I do you know, I saw his name and I thought it was like Nicholas Kuhn and I thought he would be like a, a American or something. But yeah, he is he is Spanish. It's a German and, surname uh, though.
1: But his his idol hmm. growing up was also Roger Federer. My gosh. Um However, he speaks Spanish, German, Russian, French, and English. And uh, Rudolf or Rudy Molica speaks German, English, and Russian. These people just put us to shame, don't they, Joel? Us with our
0: like measly one language. Well, you know they're going <laughs> to get they're getting used to that. You know they need to be ready and prepared for kind of the you know all the travels of of world well tour tennis exactly and, you know speaking all these languages will make it a lot easier to get into all of those tournaments you know wherever the, wherever they end up but um yeah he um actually he played the Miami Open earlier this year and he made, it actually made um newspaper headlines because it was quite you know it was quite a um a bad it, it, he had quite a bad experience so he was playing um i think he was playing misha zverev and I think he just he just fell to the floor, and he was it was that sort of situation, you know, that, you know, like Matic Sounds found herself in in at Wimbledon, where mm. he was like on on the floor, kind of. I think he was cramp, you know he was cramping or something wasn't right. It was a really hot day, really kind of physical contest, um, and he was just like on the floor for 15 seconds with no sort of help around him. But um, yeah, it just kind of shows you that you know I think you know these guys kind of growing up, it's like you know all that you know they have obviously got the you know the, the capabilities to play the tennis but their body is also developing as well and you know sometimes it might just be a bit you know it might just be a bit too soon um and you know it's just like it's it's very hard for kind of you know an 18 year old to go go and announce themselves on, on a tour that has kind of these guys who you know have all these you know years worth of ex- experience built up
1: yeah i mean was there a reason like specifically for his collapse was it cramp
0: or was it like? i think it was mysterious. i think it was a really hot and humid sort of match and ah. um yeah there is videos of it on, on youtube if if you want to have a search but um i think it was just like kind of the heat exhaustion and, and dehydration it wasn't kind of an injury or a, or a trip it was just kind of a, you know oh this is a, you know this was a really kind of hot hot and humid day that was kind of you know got 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 the better of him but um yeah again another interesting sort of player and i also like the fact that he's got he's got the same birthday as me so Uh, you know 20th of march so uh, let's uh let's let's see but yeah nicola Kuhn, rudy monica yannick sinner jack draper we think these are some of our biggest kind of protein prospects at the moment in the the ATP game. Uh, I wonder if any of our listeners actually have any of their own suggestions. Are there any players you're keeping an eye on who, you know, not necessarily are kind of worldwide known, but you think are are destined for big things? Uh, Let us know um, on our social media channels at PassingShotPod or email the show PassingShotPod at gmail.com. Um, but we're going to move on now to the women's side and look at some t- team prospects from then. Uh, so, hope you can join us after this quick ad break. So, Joel,
1: for the women's uh, next next gen or whatever you want to call it, it's pretty difficult because most of the um, kind of equivalent players, I suppose, they're already like now gen. Um, if not next-gen, rather than next-next-gen or however you want to label it. Um, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because if you look at it, the ATP have, you know, this event now, the next-gen finals. The next-gen is a very, like, well-used term. I think we're probably guilty of saying it way too much, going on about, you know, the Zverev's and Sitsa of the world. But the WTA do not have, like, an equivalent... I don't know, version. They don't have like an equivalent finals at the end of the year for these like under 21 year olds. Um, and they don't need one because the young players in the WTA, they're already making it at such a young age. And in a way, it's like the ATP can kind of do all this next gen stuff. But in a way, the women are just doing it better. Aren't they, Joel? They're, they're already there. While the men the men aren't.
0: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this is such a, I think they're like, there's arguments for and against this and I think you know you're kind of right in the sense that it's almost like the the you know that transition that integration into the the tour maybe is like you know is a little bit easier you know on on the women's side because we're seeing you know players who are like you know even like 16 even players like 16 years old kind of making their their breakthrough which seems crazy and you know seems like you know, you would never hear of something like that on the, you know, on the ATP, ATP tour. But, you know, at the same time, I'm kind of like, I feel like they do need a sort of next gen event to kind of, you know, give these players a, a spotlight to a, a broader audience. Because it's like, yes, you know, I'm kind of aware of these these players. But at the same time, I think, you know, there should be more done to kind of get us, get kind of their own spotlight on them. Yeah, and, you no,
1: know, I see your point. Yeah.
0: Like, like whether that is kind of their own sort of next gen, you know, branded term. I don't, I don't know, or whether it's a collaboration between the ATP and W. Maybe you know, the Milan finals should should have a, a WTA component. I don't know. I don't know what our, our listeners think, but um, I certainly think that you know, it's it is it is very interesting, and the ATP and W is very different in terms of kind of how you know players you know develop and and kind of get to that you know top. Uh, tour level but um, we're going to run through some names that we kind of are, we think are our hottest prospects some you'll some you'll definitely have heard of won't they well obviously
1: before we kind of go on Bianca Andreescu is only 18 but obviously <laughs> she's a Grand <laughs> Slam champion um, she's Crazy. now Jen, not Absolutely. even going to mention her for that reason Um you know it's it's crazy um but yeah i guess coco goff is like the most obvious uh, person that springs to mind cuz she is still only 15 uh, which is mad like <laughs>
0: I know she always has
1: your birthday Joel she's only a week (laughs) (laughs) so she is the youngest player ranked in the top 100 she's I think uh, 68 69 in the world she already has won a WTA title at Linz this year she's also won two WTA doubles titles with Katie McNally obviously she kind of rose to prominence by beating Venus Williams in the first round of Wimbledon and subsequently made the fourth round um you know, she's got massive following on social media already. She's had like ad campaigns, you know, on the telly around her, like massive in the US. She's going to be big. You know, she's very marketable. She's got a good kind of backstory and like is just breaking records kind of with every tournament she seems to enter. Um Yeah, I mean, she, she is kind of... Now, Jen, like, once she's able to play, you know, all the tournaments under the sun, she's exactly. going to be right up there. I mean, at the moment, she's kind of being limited in, in terms of of this rule that, you know, prevents her from playing too much. But what she's done so far is just, you know, she's <laughs> comparable with, you know, other people of that age who have gone on to win multiple slams, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's, I feel like her her uh, achievements this year for you know a player of her age have been you know have been phenomenal have been incredible dare I say you have been sort of kind of serena you know serena like and it you know there just i feel like there is that feeling that they're kind of you know maybe particularly in America they are kind of seeing her as the you know the the right and honorable heir to kind of serena williams when you know whenever that you know she decides to kind of you know hang up a racket and um yeah she's just kind of she's, she's, you know, she's a great personality and, you know, she's got a very, you know, she's got a very good game. And, you know, I think the fact is the fact that she's kind of on the tour now, it's kind of like, you know, she's only going to get better with the experience she gets. Um, You know, she's got a great, she's got a great team with her, you know, her coaches, her, her dad, and, you know, they've got that, you know, that relationship that is almost kind of like, you can't replicate that, you know, that kind of that relationship. And it's kind of like, it almost kind of helps her. Um, and yeah, did she win a singles tournament? Did she win Linz or Luxembourg? Yeah, she won
1: Linz, yeah. But I mean, she's been a junior world number one. Like there's been a lot of players who have transitioned onto the senior tour mm. who have been junior world number ones, but, you know, never quite. I mean, they haven't come onto the seniors so soon. Like Coco Goff is the youngest player to have done it for quite a while, I think. So it's, it's still, you know, just very significant. Um, but another American that is kind of moving onto the scene kind of around the same time a bit older she is 18 but katie mcnally who is coco goff's like doubles partner essentially um so she's won those two doubles titles with coco goff she's at kind of just outside the top 100 in the world um she had a good match at the U.S. Open with serena uh in the second round she took a set off her if Mm. anyone remembers um she did really well on the grass as well, like on the run up to Wimbledon, at I think Surbiton, I, that's when I first heard of Katie McNally. Um, so, yeah, American youth tennis prospects are kind of looking up with those two
0: players, which I know we have discussed before on the pod. Do you, do you think, I'm just looking at our notes here, it says Katie McNally from Cincinnati, coached by a mum, obviously Goff coached by a dad. Do you think kind of those sort of family-esque, uh, you know, tennis coaching setups, you know, does that mean that basically like they can learn tennis from an even younger age and it means that they can break on the tour earlier, you know, I'm thinking obviously it's kind of Serena Williams and, uh, you know, and Richard Williams or Serena and Venus and and kind of (laughs) Richard Williams. I don't know. Do you think kind of the, the, that family angle, it means that they're able to kind of, kind of, better you know ready earlier to kind of make that breakthrough well
1: I guess you know they know each other all very very well um and it is it does seem to be much more common on the women's tour doesn't it to be coached by a a parent um and I know like for me if I was a tennis player and I was sort of starting to go overseas like I would definitely want my mum or my dad to be with me like as a coach you know they've got to be with you like I wouldn't want to be sent off on my own so I think that would just help me mentally if I was in their position to just like stay calm and focused and, and like less anxious, um, especially when you're at such a young, fragile age. I think as they get older, I think that's when it can maybe be a hindrance if things aren't working out and you kind of want to, you know, break off. Um, and then it might be a bit difficult to do that because you feel like obliged mm. to stay with them because they're family. But I think yep. certainly in the early days, I think it can certainly help. Um I'm just having a look now. We've also got Marta Kostuk, who's on our list. She's 17 and she's from a very, very tennis background. She is the daughter um, of, well, <laughs> I was going to say that she is the daughter of her mother, uh, obviously, <laughs> but uh, let me rephrase that. Her mother was a professional tennis player representing Ukraine in the 90s and her dad was involved um uh, on the technical side of of tennis so she is from a tennis family um started playing very young um in kiev and um she kind of came to to the to the scene at the australian open this year she um let me just have a look yeah she she made she she won she won she she was the youngest player (laughs) Since Martina Hingis to win a main draw match at the AO this year. Um, and then I think she got into the third round, didn't she? Um, she lost to Svitolina in the end, so fellow Ukrainian. Mm. Um, but she's she's still ranked outside the top 100. Um, but certainly, I think, one to watch. Um, and, you know, Ukrainian tennis actually has with, with Yastremska, a lot of, you know, a lot of good prospects. They seem to have a real renaissance in their in their tennis
0: yeah Kostak is um again really in uh, really interesting prospect I feel like yeah again that's that family there's that family connection and uh, it feels like there it's kind of like you will play tennis from a very young age and you're going to be very successful at it because of you know because of a kind of her family you know her um you know her family's kind of um yeah you know, what her family have obviously achieved in in the past what well, you know particularly on her mother's side and again yeah it's just very I'd be very interested to see how how Kostik does um you know she announced herself at the Australian Open you know how how is she going to continue is she just you know, are, you know are these players going to continue kind of like the you know on the WTA side, are they going to continue on like in you know international tournaments or do you think you know they when can they make that step up do you think to kind of like premiere and you know potentially grand slam
1: Another, Joel, another Ukrainian, Dasha Lopatetskaya. Now, she is one I've not heard of. She's currently ranked 234 in the world. Um, but w- in 2018, she started playing like her first ITF matches. Um, she won her first 17 matches, won her first two tournaments, uh, only lost two sets in that span. So pretty good start. Crazy. Um yeah. She is... Well, she was born in April 2003, so she's 16 and a half. Um, she won another ITF title at the start of this season. So, yeah, she she's someone I've not heard of, but I would expect that in the next year she might do something at a slam. I don't know, at least qualify and, you know, perhaps have a big, a big match against a top 10 player. I don't know. But another Ukrainian.
0: I love how in our notes that you, you said... <laughs> got no wikipedia yet which obviously is a hallmark of uh you know yeah i was like who is this
1: person (laughs) maybe i should just create a wikipedia for her maybe she could come on the pod um whoa and then that could be on her wikipedia notes guest starred on (laughs) Parting shop pod
0: (laughs) Um, yes let's make it happen
1: (laughs) way um another player which we all know eager swear So, um, well, she, she's well up there. She's, she reached her career high ranking of 49 this year. Um, so she's Polish prospect. She has won seven ITF titles. She won the girls singles at Wimbledon, didn't she? A couple of years ago, was it last year? Um, she also won the summer youth Olympics last year. I didn't even know they did a youth Olympics. So that's quite interesting. Um, and she won the Junior Fed Cup. So very, um, I don't know, glittered uh, junior career, if you like. Junior career. And mm. she, you know, she did well at Wimbledon this year. Didn't she get to, like, the third round? Or was it the French Open? It might have been the French Open. And then I think she got kind of, she got beaten very easily, I think. Um, but I'm sure she made the third round somewhere. Um, I should check my facts, really. But, uh, but yeah, another Actually, one I, to watch. No,
0: I've, I... I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think and then she, she got... It she was a get really hammered hammered bad result. By like Hallett yeah, or she, something. <laughs> in the fourth round or something. I, something yeah, like I, that. That definitely rings the yeah. bell,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I mean, we've got many players on this list of women. Amanda Anisimova. I mean... She's not, like, next next general obviously. She's, like, now-gen. Her career-high ranking is 21. You know, she made the semis of the French. I think she signed a deal with Nike recently, which is worth an awful lot of money. She's very marketable. People are making comparisons with, you know, like, Sharapova... um, You know, obviously at the French Open, she had that upset of Halep in the quarterfinal. And also, she's another player that's got her dad as her coach. Um, Her sister also plays tennis, like a very tennisy family. You know, she moved to Florida as a young child to kind of, you know, really focus on her tennis. And, you know, top junior, she's transitioned onto the seniors very quickly. So she's right up there.
0: uh, All I'm thinking is that Fed Fed Cup team for America in in five years time is going to be... (laughs) <laughs> if it's going to be like Anna Samova, Coco Goff, Katie McNally, that's going to be a pretty decent uh, US Davis Cup team if if, yeah, if, I if know. These players it, kind yeah. of their, you know reach their potential.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, earlier I was talking about Goff and McNally completely forgot about Anna Samova, but obviously yeah, cuz her dad just recently passed away, didn't he actually? So that's why she hasn't been playing so much of late and then she got I think she had a back injury, so I think yeah. from AO it'd be interesting to see what Anna Samova does you know will that roland garros semi be kind of a flash in the pan for now will it you know be years before she kind of does anything of that note again you know um maybe it was we'll see if she can kind of back it up um at the big tournaments um another player anastasia potapova so russian again another former junior number 1 she won the wimbledon girls in 2016 um she she's been you know i've seen her name popping up on our ATP WTA live scores app quite a quite a bit Um, so she's another one to watch Um, also Diana Jastremska she's won a few titles this year she's already reached a career high ranking of 23 Um, so these players you know as we were saying earlier they're not so much like next next gen they are they are now they are you know it's very difficult to kind of compare to the ATP tool because I guess the equivalent on the women's side are maybe like 12 year olds. I, I don't know. It seems like <laughs> the women are just like, they break onto the scene, you know, at least like three years earlier, like on average than, than the male Yeah.
0: And uh, I think it's, it's interesting because it's like, you know, with these players, it's almost like they can almost like retire earlier. Therefore, you know, we get these situations where Kim Kleisters, who, you know, retired is, is coming back. Whereas, you don't really get that as much in the, you know, on the, on the men's side. Um,
1: is Kim Clijster's, um, I just heard recently that she'd like delayed her comeback. Is that?
0: Yeah, is that she, I think she was playing some paddle tennis or something. Oh, and, right. uh, something, um, she doesn't need surgery, but I think something happened to her leg and it basically oh, no. means that she won't be, she won't be at the Australian Open. And I think she's had to delay her comeback to February, uh, whether, you know, make, make the most, you know, make. make however you may want to kind of interpret that you know if that's kind of a a a bad omen uh, i'm not sure but um but yeah it's just it's interesting because i think yeah you, you know these players break onto the scene at this such a young age and you know i think you know if if injuries you know if if one player has is particularly injury prone they might you know retire early but then maybe come back kind of a, a few a few years later
1: yeah i suppose so you know they can almost have two careers can't they um start out so early and think oh i need a break then when they come back they're still perfectly you know fit and capable to do that um you know it's just like us having a a gap year or a career break in our 30s (laughs) or something exactly Going traveling or something you know why not (laughs) um you only live once. So but yeah, I think that's um if anyone's yeah, got any more names to add to the list, you know, maybe you work in tennis, maybe you I don't know, go to a lot of the futures and challenges and other tournaments and are more like on the ground than we are and have seen any particular players that you, you think are worth shouting about, you know, let us know. Um, because we can yeah, we can kind of get the word out before anyone else and uh yeah.
0: We'll we'll be kind of keeping a keen eye on these players come the next season. But yes, kind of just kind of quickly moving on though to the World Tour Finals, which started today. Um, we are going to be doing a kind of midweek catch up on the group stages and kind of looking forward towards kind of the the uh, the business end and and the the semi-finals. Um, you know, next next week probably on well probably tuesday wednesday or thursday we'll we'll see to be decided thank you for everyone who has participated in our collector set predictions table uh we've made a lovely table and um of everyone's kind of thoughts and uh, we'll be keeping you updated uh, and posted on those on twitter but yes so i uh, hope you can join us uh for our world tour finals catch up uh, next time but uh for now